welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this bonus episode, we are talking about Blood Diner from 1987, directed by Jackie Kong. Ah, hello, fellow food lovers. I'm Phil Mignon, world-famous gourmet. In my travels, I've sampled some of the most exquisite foods the world has to offer. That's why they've asked me to tell you all about a charming new eatery located right downtown. As um, you can see, the atmosphere is lovely. But of course, the uh, finest attribute of this quaint cafe is the marvelous cuisine. By the way, what is the special ingredient in the Tuesday surprise? Well, if I told you that, it wouldn't be a surprise anymore, would it? They're um, <clears throat> mouth-watering specialties. Will have you, as they say, licking your lips. Uh, only the freshest natural ingredients are selected. The first ingredients we need are two stomachs from a couple of tramps. For use in their carefully guarded <clears throat> recipes. I'd give my right arm for that secret recipe. Uh, yes, the chef puts a bit of himself into every succulent dish. Oh, and he's always pleased to serve you to your friend. Uh, sh shouldn't that be serve you and your friends? Uh, no. Uh, your gracious hostess will direct you to your table. Where you will dine as if there's no tomorrow. So, breeze on down and don't let anything stand in your way. Oh, uh, this Epicurean haven is called Blood Diner. You got that right, homo. So, this is Phil Mignon, ah, saying bon appetit. Oh, mommy. The Blood Diner. First they greet you, then they eat you. No one under 17 admitted. And you said this movie was delightful. <laughs> this movie is delightful. This this is a crack up. It's a, literally just a straight parody of, of movies. It is. It's straight up spoof of it. I watched it back in high school and I thought this movie was just the best thing ever. Watching it as an adult. Well, I'm it's not. Still an, fun. It's still <laughs> fun. It, it took a little bit at first. I'm like, oh, oh, that that was inappropriate. Oh, that's kind of gross. But then I was like, okay, I'm into this because the the director made so many bizarre fucking decisions that I'm like, well, I, I'm into this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's intentionally gross. It is. You know, it's a parody. It's a it's a spoof. Before that was kind of like a like a thing, really. I mean, I think you'd had some by then in terms of horror films, but horror spoofs were. Pretty few and far between. By they the time were this few came and out. far between. Yeah, this is six years before Dead Alive. Yeah, it's directed by Jackie Kong, female director. She did another movie I, I read about recently. I've been trying to find it. I heard about it on a podcast. Uh, what was it called? The Being. 
that sounded like a fascinating movie, and that was her first movie. Still have to see it. And she made a hit with Blood Diner in 87, but had trouble finding work because she's a woman doing Uh, horror. Ah, yes. Good old Hollywood. You still only have a handful of female directors doing horror. In 1987, she was like the only one. (laughs) Yeah, as sad as it is, I cannot off the top of my head name one. I can't either other than her. I mean, I'm sure there are. Somebody in the comments say, oh, well, there was this movie directed by this thing. Like, I'm sure there is. I just can't think of it right now. Maybe especially in, like, Korea or something where the horror genre is still very uh, in vogue. I know Korea loves them some horror Oh, yeah, and they make some great ones. They do, some very grim ones. (laughs) So, Blood Diner, we start with that disclaimer. (laughs) That's right. This truly unusual motion picture, you know, contains seeds of violence. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, blood cults still exist, and people still practice, and the, the ones in this movie were done by seasoned professionals. Don't try this at home. And I'm watching this going, so is this real, or is this funny? Yeah, and see, that's the where the movie gets you, like, off from the wrong foot, because it's like, you don't quite know yet. And you really don't until about ten minutes into the movie. Yeah, because, because the intro scene is... Um, well, you, you can, I guess, you, you're usually the one who does the plot, so you go ahead and... Uh... It's like the 60s, and you have these two kids, George and Michael, and you hear on the radio that there's an escaped lunatic, a lunatic escaped, and he killed the Happy Time Girls Glee Club, and last seen carrying a meat cleaver and his genitals. Right, and I'm like, again, are we in humor territory, or are we in, like, super grim grimdark territory yeah and so he goes to the house with these kids and he just hacks down the door and comes in soaked in blood and the kids just happily jump up uncle anwar right it's like okay i think they're playing with this now like you're starting to get the feeling that okay this is a comedy because the whole intro is very like straightforward very much like um blood bees the guy's stalking in there and got the the radio call over and then it kind of goes into this weird goofy Uncle Anwar. And you have the one kid, Michael, that's trying to use that, like, cat clock to hypnotize the dog. Right. And, they're, well, Uncle Anwar tells them, you know, Sheetar is, you know, keep up your prayers to Sheetar. Uncle Anwar's got to go away for a bit. Here's these amulets. Right. Pray, pray Sheetar. And um, he runs out to the cop screaming, Sheetar, and his gun down. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't actually have his severed genitals in his other hand. Opening the door was a two-hand job. There's... He just he must have just thrown them off into the bushes somewhere. It's not like he was going to stumble into a hospital. Can you put these back on? <laughs> right. I mean, if he was going to go suicide by cop out there anyway, maybe it just didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Bury, bury me with my severed penis. That's right. Make sure you reattach my dog before you bury me. And so we get um, 20 years later, and we're in a cemetery. Yep. And George and Michael are there, and they're digging up. Well, they knock out the, the night watchman. And by knock out, you mean literally knock an eyeball out of his head? Yeah, they hit him with a shovel, and his eyeballs fly out. And some sort of pithy one-liner, and I'm like, okay, this is a comedy. I get it now. And they dig up Uncle Anwar, who's still wearing the same clothes that he was shot in. Yeah, they didn't bother to... I'm surprised they even bothered to bury him. <laughs> Well, he's just garbage, like flawed Ramses. 
Also, his last name is uh, what was his last name? Tutman. Well, Tutman is the name of the. Uh, oh, that's right. His was Nam Tut. Nam Tut. And again, we kind of have the throwback with Ramses and Tut, the Pharaoh thing. Tut, Nam Tut, and Tutman. They raise his brain back, and he's chatting. Somehow, his brain has not decayed in twenty years. No. Just as fleshy and perfect as always. And functioning. I mean, he's a little bitter. He spends the entire movie calling George and Michael, you fucking idiots. You fucking retard, Georgie. The whole movie. Yeah, he seemed a lot meaner in the, <laughs> once his brain was in the jar than, than he was in the opening scene to those kids. And, yeah, his brain's still around. And so they take it, but that's when we get the, the this movie's cops. Who are less incompetent. Yeah. Well, they're they're actually out doing cop work, but they're yes, they're fucking crazy incompetent, and also horribly, horribly dubbed. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, like their voices don't match them at all. I watched it with the subtitles, and uh, the chief it says with Slavic accent. And then um the the detective who I have his name somewhere I can't remember it offhand. His voice is all high pitched and falsetto almost. Detective raging hard on. Yes, that's who he is. Detective toxic masculinity. Yes. <laughs> They're talking about like dead people and. Raging hard on is like, oh yeah, that that victim, she was a good-looking babe. Oh yeah, because this is the the first murder, right? Yeah, they're With at the... they're at a murder. Okay, this wasn't okay. Maybe I... it's not the fitness club yet. Oh, okay. But yeah, he says, oh, she was a good-looking babe, and the chief is screaming. Like I swear, it almost sounds like him and Anwar are the same voice because he says the same things to him that Anwar does to George and Michael. He's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> If this is cannibals, it's go find that gang called the cannibals. Who are vegetarians. Yeah, but they're called the cannibals, so they must have done this. And speaking of cannibals, uh, we're going to take a real quick commercial break here, and we will be right back. Hey, everybody, did the news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Old Pete just flew into this town, and he's chopping up all the women's meat. Hi, I'm Butcher Pete. You may remember me from such videos as Human Hearts, Delicious and Healthy, and Genitals, Who Needs Them? How many times has this happened to you? You're watching your favorite movie about cannibalism and blood cults and thinking, gee willikers, that sure looks like a lot of fun. But then you get this disclaimer. All the bodily dismemberments and cannibal rituals were performed by seasoned professionals. Please do not attempt any of these at home. Well, ain't that a bite. How is anyone supposed to be a professional cannibal? Well, I'm here to help you. With my new eight-part video series, How to Be a Professional Cannibal, I'll have you hacking and whacking and smacking like a pro in no time flat. With only 10 easy payments of $29.99, you can learn such lessons as setting aside human tongues for proper aging, removing lungs and liver from a couple of tramps, and seasoning the stomach acid. Order now and we'll toss in this absurdly oversized meat cleaver, just perfect for chopping up all the women's meat. Send check or money over along with two pints of aversion blood to Butcher Pete, 666 Blood Way, Los Angeles, California, 90189. And we're back. So we have the family bonding with George Michael and their Uncle Anwar. The loving family. Yes, and he, he makes them the anointed disciples of Sheetar and gives them their instructions of what they're going to do. That they're going to go construct a body from the parts of ill morald women yes and then host a blood buffet yes a blood buffet not a blood feast trademark a blood, a blood buffet. buffet also known as a lumerian feast 
interpret a Numerian piece. He pleads with them to stay chaste, to not be tempted by these these, these whorish women. And for uh, Georgie to stay out of the gay bars. He does say that too. But Anwar has this line, it's like, please, nephew, I lost my genitals in life because of my lack of discipline. Oh, those Glee Club girls. Couldn't stop raping. <laughs> I know. At least the only rapes we have in this movie are implied as to have taken place, you know. It's a step up from some of the other. From Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. And we find out that uh, the brothers run the Tutman Cafe, which is like the most happening vegetarian. Right, health food. Because this is in L.A. in like the 80s, right? Yeah, and so everyone's all about health food. They're serving up food, and we get their favorite customer, vitamin C. <laughs> the Yelp reviewer, before there was Yelp. He's like, you guys are the best. You're better than the Mr. Veggie down the street. Oh, man, I love this. But him and Georgie get in these fights all the time. Yeah, Georgie hates this guy. Because <laughs> like, Georgie's trying to watch wrestling while he's... While he's cooking fingers or whatever the fuck he's doing. Because yeah, he's, like, really into hating on this wrestler called Little Jimmy Hitler. Is it just proof that even cannibal cultists still hate Nazis? Yes, they do. Nazis still notch below cannibal cultists. I don't make the rules. We meet a bunch of girls. Um, there's like all these cheerleaders that are wearing the old ass cheer sweaters. Like this right, is this clearly... kind of bugged me. It's like, what decade is this? It's clearly the eighties. Right. But there's these girls dressed up as cheerleaders from the fifties. It's just literally like, oh, hey, all you have to do is show your tits. Yeah, you just get to, it's just tits, and they're trying to convince this girl to come do nude aerobics with them. Because they keep getting out-slutted by <laughs> the other cheerleaders. Yeah, and poor Virgin Connie is like, oh, no, I think I'll pass. Good thing, too. And why we have Georgie mucking about Uncle Anwar's watching through a window to, like, let me see which women to pick. <laughs> Move yeah. me to the window, and he's watching Georgie's like, what an idiot, Sheetar, help us. Which, I mean, he's not wrong. Oh, and we have more about vitamin C, whose name is Horatio Titus. I don't know why I took a note of that. Probably because he says his name is vitamin C, and it has nothing to do with his name. And But he's in several other scenes. <laughs> He's like, in, like, he's like one of the recurring characters in the movie. He's like in most of the scenes in the movie. And so Connie starts flirting... No, Michael starts flirting with Connie because he knows they need a virgin and she's a virgin, so he's going to try to woo her. And he can use his hypnotism powers. Yes. That he learned from using a cat on a dog, a robotic cat on a dog. And, and we get um, this glance at their shopping list and he's like, let me add you to our mailing list. And he pulls out this shopping list and it's there for a second. But did you happen to read it? I read, I, could, I caught a couple of things on it, but it was, uh... I wrote it all down. <laughs> oh, what all was on it? Six dog dicks. Oh, yes, the dog dicks. That was the thing that came up on the top that made me laugh. Three large rats, eight cats, any gender, MSG, dog food. Well, we know that uh, from later that, that cat is included in, in the uh, Lumerian beasts. Yes, it is. It's a staple of Lumerian cooking, apparently. So is dog dicks, apparently. Apparently. And now we have the nude aerobics. And yeah. Like, just naked and doing aerobics. Uh, yep. Yeah. And the the, uh, the director, also topless. Yes, and she's passionate. She's like, come on, girls, more energy. Come on, come on. We gotta be the best goddamn nude aerobics ever. 
she is just super coach. And then they have their very obvious, she has her very obvious gay co- uh, assistant director step in and. Okay, girls, up and down. And then Ronald Reagan comes in. With a, with a, with a submachine gun of some kind. And kills them all. And just mows them all down. And then we see that it's, it's just Michael in a Ronald Reagan mask. And Georgie comes in and they start. They have Anwar with them in his what jar. Is, what is the movie? Is it Usual Suspects that has the. Uh... No, it's Point Break. Point Break. Oh, Point Break. Okay. That has the. Yeah. That, yeah. Did that come out before or after? Before this, right? Point Break was like the mid 80s? No, Point Break was like a year or two after this one. Oh, please tell me they stole this idea from. That would be wonderful. Point Break was 91. 91. Oh, please tell me they stole that from from Blood Diner. That would be the greatest thing ever. Well, I was like, oh, I didn't know that they actually had sold Reagan masks back then. Apparently they did. Because at the time this movie was made, he was still president. Yeah, that's true. Wow. So Anmar tells him to pull out eight tongues to set aside for proper aging, find the best body parts to make shiitar, and just use the rest for scrap meat to serve in the diner. Yeah, just feed it to people. You know, the their vegetarian diner. Right, their their Lumerian vegetarian cuisine. And you know, Georgie's joking around with one of the heads and making it talk, and and we're like, Georgie is legit, just an actual psychopath. He's simpleton and a psychopath. He has a line here. He's like, "You're a fucking idiot, Georgie. Have some respect for human life." <laughs> right. Exactly. You gunned down an entire Neuterobics team. God damn it! And then we get the cops again with their weird dubbing, and we get the the new partner, Sheba Jackson. Right, and of course, uh, of course, Raging Hard On is immediately trying to just be the most disgusting human being ever. Oh, woman. he is so creepy to her, but he's like wastes no time. But he's like incel creepy, okay? He's like, I'm the nice guy. I'm the nicest guy. I'm a nice guy. You know, just selling that up to a point where it's annoying and no. Would actually want to be with him. I was thinking, like, can we feed this guy to Sheetar? Oh, I was so hoping. I mean, well, we'll get to the ending in a second, but that could have been an option. Could have been. We have this scene where we get more about Sheba, how she's actually like a competent detective. Right. You know, she's got some ideas about this case. She's like, well, you know, all of the victims, you know, they're vegetarians, they're health food. They all had veggie burgers in their stomach, except one girl had cat meat. I wonder where she got that from. And she's like, I think we should start investigating the health restaurants for a connection. And the chief's like, no, there is a biker gang called the Cannibals. It's them, I swear. Yeah, he's uh, he's locked into this one thing. And uh, does he give a speech about having hunches or something at the beginning? Like, what do you... Something about when you've done this as long as I have. Yeah, because uh, it's when um, the other detective points out, like, well, the cannibals are a vegetarian. Oh, I have hunches. So he, he keeps forcing the hunch. Let's see. Oh, we get more of Jimmy Hitler on TV. What I love about Jimmy Hitler is that he is definitely, like, that is a wrestling archetype that has gone for so long. The You know, pick the dictator du jour and make him the bad guy, because you had, like, the Iron Sheik, the the, the Bolsheviks in the 80s, the WWF. Uh, I can't remember the name of the two, but they were very, like, traditional Russian names, because we were out, you know, in the Cold War. And, and like, basically, whoever the, the bad guy is, you know, we just have this, like, make a racial caricature of it. So here we go. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like, and to be fair... It's always easy to make a heel out of a Nazi. It is, because he is all nazi up. Yep, he's blonde, he's got the mustache, he's wearing the, the swastika pat, you know, armband. 
And Georgie's cooking up people. He's hack whack chopping that meat. He's doing yep. He's doing the butcher Pete thing. Oh yeah, I remember. He's also the one that's like fake cooking in the beginning when Uncle Anwar shows up. So he was always going to be the, the chef. Yeah, and it's weird because when we first see him in the diner, he's a fucking ace with that knife, just cutting up these vegetables. It's like watching cocktail but cooking human flesh. <laughs> cocktail but with cannibals. Of course, it's weird because this scene starts with him cutting a roll with an electric knife. It was like Look, we all. Every artist has their quirks. I'm like, it's not a KFC butt biscuit. That's just a regular dinner roll. You don't need the knife. You just don't appreciate his, his artistry. He's getting real passionate about Jimmy Hitler, and he's like, oh, fuck you, Jimmy Hitler. I'm going to kick your ass, Jimmy Hitler. Which pisses vitamin C off. Because vitamin C is like, oh, wrestling's for homos. That's his line, not mine. Right. That's that's what he says. Ironically, that, that Georgie is, in fact, at least into men, maybe, maybe bisexual or pansexual, who knows, but definitely into guys because he goes to gay bars. Yeah, it's established he goes to gay bars, and we see that he is not good at interacting with women. No, I don't think he's super into women. But he gets mad at vitamin C and just wrestles him, and vitamin C just fills the diner with his copious vomit. <laughs> right. It's just spraying everywhere. You know, he's fine with it. He's like, oh, you guys, let me get you a napkin, vitamin. <laughs> and none of the customers leave, you know, it's because their diner, their food is that good. That's right. And they're Apparently. like, can we get some of those, uh, it's like impossible fish fingers or whatever? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mike's like, I think we're out. And that's right when an IRS agent monks in and he's like, hold on. Yeah. Mike goes, Georgia goes, uh, we're out, but I think I can scrounge up something. <laughs> Takes the guy to the back and just kills him and cooks his fingers. Comes out with these fingers. Here you go. Resourceful. Just fried human fingers. And they're like, oh, these are the best fish sticks. Like, like they have bone in them still. He didn't even debone them. He just cut them off and threw them in a fryer. Oh, jeez. We get another scene with the the detectives, and again, she's like, you know, I'm really sure it's the uh, it's these health food places. No, it is not murderers from McBurgers. It is the cannibal gang, the motorcycle gang. Why haven't you talked to them yet? Yeah, just obsessed with the obsessed with the bikers. Yeah, and we get oh, we get uh, the. Anwar pining about the good old days. Is that five million years ago? <laughs> I researched because he keeps talking about, you know, this feast hasn't been served in five million, since five million years BC. And I'm like, well, what was going on in five million years BC? And so I looked it up. The first distinct hominids had evolved. <laughs> well, I, you had that scene later where they're talking to the archaeologist too. <laughs> Scene's really funny, but oh, that scene's hilarious. She's like, "Yeah, they were contemporary with uh, Atlantis, and they both disappeared at the same time. It's some sort of like ancient, advanced civilization." And obviously, the five million years thing is a straight spoof on the five thousand years thing from, uh, from Blood Blood Beast. So Anwar gives them the next recipe, the next item. And their recipe is, you need to get two stomachs from a couple of tramps. They put on their best nightclub clothing. That's right. Which they probably hadn't gotten out of the closet for a decade. Yeah, because they are like early 80s, just 
polyester new wave bright colors and they what was i gonna say that they um oh no they've already built shitar's body out of the the aerobics club yes they already they already frankenstein monstered shitar up and you gotta praise that actress just standing there naked during all of these scenes she's just a set design yeah and they painted her eyes with eyes on them on her eyelids so she could just keep her eyes quote unquote open the entire time see oh yeah and then anwar tells her oh shitar your body looks good oh if only i hadn't lost my penis at the glee club that's right exactly it's like you were going to rape the corpse of Sheetar? Like, what? We get the club, which is called Club Dread. Generic club name. <laughs> not not no relation to the movie. Yeah. They try to find the trashiest woman they can. And apparently one of them wasn't trashy enough. Oh yeah, they're like, she's not trashy enough. We need fucking prostitutes. <laughs> and they find a couple women to bring home with them. And Michael's being suave, smooth, charming. He's, he's playing the women right. Well, Georgie is just like, I like apples. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was just yelling Sheetar the yeah. whole time. Sheetar. Sheetar. And then we have, let's see here. Um, we get to see the other rival diner. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking madness. I still don't, it <laughs> makes no fucking sense because they're one customer. You got the guy that runs it, but they have this customer and it's just a fucking like, ventriloquist dummy yes he's got ventriloquist dummies and it's talking and i'm like it's not him talking is it you know i think it was but there's no attempt to make this dummy look like it's talking nobody's controlling this puppet it's just sitting there holding a fork and it's just like oh yeah that other place that 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 Tupman Cafe is getting all the business. And nobody questions this. Nope. Like, why do you have this weird dummy? Well, that, well, nobody even brings up. Real quick, we're going to stop for a commercial, and we will be right back. Well, hey there, baby. It's Michael Tubman here to warm your bed, moisten your lady parts, and tell you all about our latest lunchtime specials at Tubman's Diner, the best place for healthy cuisine in the greater metropolitan area. How does dry cat meat served with a fresh bouillabaisse sauce sound to you? Your ovaries are going to quiver with delight when you wrap your lips around our platter of sautéed human fingers. Loosen up that labia majora with one of our trademark po'boy sandwiches made with our secret ingredient. Shh. It's made with real poor boys. That'll be our dirty little secret, just you and me, babe. And don't forget this Thursday to stop by for our Lumerian feast and all-you-can-eat blood buffet with live music from two Hitlers. So come on down to Tubman's Diner where all your dirtiest fantasies can come true. And I do meet every fantasy, sweetheart. So, Tupman's Diner is doing gangbusters business. Stan, the the guy that runs the other restaurant, comes in with his puppet. They notice, oh, wow, I should go return the favor. Another commercial for Jimmy Hitler happens. <laughs> I have a right. lot of notes for this one. Oh, yes, we have... Ki- they need to kill a couple more whores. Yeah, but we, we missed the best part with the, with the, guy, the girls they brought home. Oh, yeah, we just skipped over that. That scene is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's glorious. 
Because you have Georgie and one girl in the back, and this girl's trying to make some moves on a totally unresponsive Georgie. Because she does not look like a dude. Michael is being all suave to the other girl, and what is it? What does he offer to her? <laughs> and uh, battering her up, so to speak. Yeah, but he's like, have you? Because she wants to try sex acts. She's like, oh, you're kinky. What are you into? And he's like, have you ever tried a. Does it just say Lumerian Feast, or does he make up some fucking sex name for... I I'm gonna have no idea. Strip you naked and cover you in batter. He puts her on the, the counter and then just dunks her head in the deep fryer. Yep. And this could have gotten really grim really fast, but instead she gets out and she's basically just like... Uh, <laughs> what would you even call that? Like it looked a like donut a, hole? <laughs> it looked like a hush puppy. A hush puppy? Yeah, her head's just like a, a hush puppy. Big old battered head. It's just, but it's just a full circle. Right. And Michael whacks it off, and her head flies into the back and lands next to Georgie and the other girl. And the other girl doesn't think anything of it because it doesn't look like a human head. Right, it doesn't look like a human head. It's just like, oh, somebody threw a big giant fucking tater tot back here. And so she has, like, some sort of premonition. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong with my friend. I got to go out there. And she walks out there, and Mikey's just, you know, reaching in, pulling out organs, doing, doing things. It's like, Georgie, get her! Um, we do get Georgie driving around in this scene that just goes on for far too long when he's listening to the mambo. Yes. And we finally get to meet the cannibals biker gang. <laughs> At least one of them. The, the, the one, yes. And Georgie just decides to run him down with his car. And he keeps having to do this over and over again. This biker's resilient. Yeah, he's a, the biker's a very tough a tough guy. And then when um the detectives are talking later and he's still, the, the chief is like, It's the cannibal biker king, I swear it is. And the chief was like, no. In fact, one of them was just killed. Well, no, he died of a heart attack. That's right. He didn't. The the injuries didn't actually kill him. He the poor dude was a little chonky, and the, his heart gave out after the impacts. After after being run over back and forth over and over again. I think he probably oh, maybe died of complications of heart disease. That's when they go kill because they need the the reason Georgie's out is because Anwar tells him I need the lungs and liver of a of a slut. Pretty much all Anwar ever asks for is Barty parts from Horse. <laughs> yes, that's all he ever says. And we get this like really, really trashy woman with this guy who just is so unromantic. He's like with her on the beach, and this is a parody of the beach scene. Yes, this is literally a straight parody of the beach scene. From because he's trying to get with her, he's like... Let's have sex, honey. Let's have sex. Oh, no, no. I'm scared. Let's go home. And he just tells her, I'm so horny I could fuck a cow. <laughs> it's, it's like, Frank, is that you? Yeah. I don't, you don't look like Dennis Hopper. Just like in Blood Feast, Georgie shows up, knocks the guy out, and then cuts up the girl. And then when we get the police interviewing him, he is just like Tony in Blood Feast. Oh, my God. Crying and crying. I like the fact that the girl just, like, kicks the shit out of Georgie. She knows kung fu for some reason. And the only reason she dies is she just happens to have, like, a rock fall on her. She goes back to check on her. So Georgie gets the uh, the parts anyway, but not, not of anything he did. And we have 
you know, the, the, the guy that's just crying, crying, crying over the dead girl. And he's like, I made a mistake because I was too horny. Yeah, it was a pretty good impression of the dude <laughs> from Blood Feast, for sure. It was. It was a good, it was a good, uh, good riff on that. Sheba and the other detective are like, we're going to go look more into this. You know, you're going to go research cults. And he's scratching his head and he goes, I just don't know. I, when will the senseless murder stop? And he accidentally just shoots a paramedic dead. That's right. And nobody responds to that. It's just, he's it's like, like, it's like, uh, do you ever, do you ever, uh, National Lampoon's loaded weapon one and a half? I think it was what yes, it was called. Yes, yes, with Emilio Estevez. Yeah, Emilio Estevez and Tim Curry. And that that, that reminds me of something that might happen in that movie. <laughs> this is it we're does. crossing into National Lampoon's spoof territory. This now. feels like sucker Abrams sucker territory. Yeah. But later, not like airplane days. No, no. They're setting up the Lumerian feast and they're gonna go to a Club Dread. And they're like, well, we just had a Lumerian feast last week. Do we really need another? <laughs> and Michael's like, well, I have all these bags of drugs. Oh, okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah you had enough drugs? Sure, we'll do it. Yeah, we have just bags of drugs for everybody. Give them away for free. And we get the detective. Is it Sheba that goes to talk to the yeah. old detective that killed Anwar? No, no the other guy. Okay, it's the, the guy detective. Yeah, she's she goes to check on. I think she starts tailing the the boys at this point. Oh, she keeps on the uh, the vegetarian angle. Yeah. And so we got the detective Paul was his name, and his wife. And every time that the detective says, "I'm here to ask about Anwar Namtut," yeah, the wife just no screams. It's like um in Young Frankenstein. Yes. She acts like he actually managed to kill her husband rather than, you know, he's successfully catching the dude and retiring from the force alive. But yeah, every time he says Anwar, and so he keeps telling the story about when he killed Anwar Namtut. And that now they're happy they got this young daughter who is Connie. Right. Um, We finally get back to her. Who at least is not dating Bobby Flay. No, she's not. She's kind of dating Michael. Who are closer in age. Yes. And so we're going to stop for a commercial break real quick here. This is Jimmy Hitler. And if you don't know who I am, then fuck you. I am sick and tired of that fairy cannibal Lucius Lou the Liberant and talking crap about me. Beating up my buddy, vitamin C, and killing women in nightclubs. This has got to stop. He's out there calling me little baby Hitler. Well, let me tell you, Lou, if that's even your real name, you won't think I'm so little when I bring the pain to you. No holds bar death match for the Southern Vendetta County Amateur Heavyweight title. You and me, you little cannibal fuck. Once and for all, this Friday at the Staples Center. Fuck! I mean, the Staples in Oxnard. Friday night in the ring. I will kick your 
two men enter the ring, and you leave in a body bag. Tickets on sale on sites angelfire.com slash Hitler. Seating is limited. And we're back. <laughs> I like how it just say commercial. <laughs> we get, it's the night of the feast, but first we have to have the wrestling match with Georgie and Jimmy Hitler. Yes. And Michael takes Connie with him. Right. So we're introduced to, you know, our challenger. And this is is the night of the Lumerian feast as well. Yes. We get our challenger, Luscious Lou the Lumerian, which is Georgie. Right. And our heel, little Jimmy Hitler, who everyone's like, you suck, Hitler. They fight and, you know, Connie's just like, oh, no, the violence. Oh, no, the violence. Until George decides to start eating Hitler. Yes. And blood is just all over Connie, and Connie alone. <laughs> right? Doesn't oh. doesn't uh, doesn't Georgie also just like spit blood at her? Yeah, he after he takes a big bite out of Hitler's leg, he spits it on Connie. And so Connie's like, "Yeah, I'm done. Take me home." <laughs> and Michael tries to hypnotize her, but decides to just knock her out, punches her. Yeah, because the blood's too much. She goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry. She just can't handle." Blood. She can't handle blood. And we have climax of the movie here. Oh, no, no. Almost. Uncle Anwar was stolen by the other guy with the dummy. Oh, yeah. And so we get a little bit of antics as they... Um, chase him around. And they chase him around, yep. Cut off both of his hands, and then he drives and drives himself into a mountainside while talking about how he's going to go get the cops. Yeah, and he's, his dummy is talking this whole time. Like, his hands are getting cut off, and the dummy's like, Oh no, Stan, your hands! <laughs> I'm like, so clearly it's not him doing the voice, because if his hands are getting chopped off, he's like, not going to play a bit, is he? I who knows. This dummy is sentient and talking on its own. But now we get the feast, and it is absolutely insane. Yeah, we got a, a, a very interesting dark wave band playing the stage. Well, it starts with a dark wave band, but then it's a psycho hillbilly band. Yeah, with Hitler guitarists. Two Hitlers playing guitar. And there's a fucking cow running around on the stage. Well, people in a cow costume running around and this guy with the hugest fucking pompadour ever that's right is just screaming stud pony stud pony i thought it was a decent i thought it was a pretty decent song myself but it is um i had to track down the song obviously a a not a real song but yeah a style a style parody as it were no it is a real song and i found it um, in fact, let me pull it back up here. It was on YouTube, and it's called Stud Pony. It's by Dino Lee. And the comments on there are somebody's like, my friend, my girlfriend, Sheetar, really digs this song. Uh, um, Blood Diner brought me here. Because what we have during this scene while this whole song is playing is that all the people at the party have taken the drugs. So they are tripping balls and becoming zombies. Michael and George come in with just buckets of body parts and are like, eat up, Lumerian feast. That's right. 
So everyone's going to town on the, the blood buffet before they just go to town on other people at the party. They're just mad zombie cannibals now. As they're going to sacrifice Connie to Sheetar during the feast. Right. Oh, Sheetar's stomach opens. It's like, she, they bring Sheetar alive. Yes, they actually managed to bring Sheetar alive and try to feed Connie to Sheetar. She's got a stomach like that guy in The Thing. That's right. That they could just put this that they're trying to just shove Connie into while she starts just firing lightning bolts at people right. all around the bar, just blowing people's heads up. Yeah, makes heads exploding. And this song's going on the whole time still. She ends up blowing up the Hitler guitar players. Yeah, she kills two Hitlers. So that's a total of three Hitlers that have died in this movie. You never kill too many Hitlers, really. Nope. The police show up, and they they save Connie, and they fight, and Michael gets his head bitten off by Sheetar. No, Michael gets shot. Oh, Michael gets shot. And yeah, then that's... Georgie gets all teary-eyed and crazy. Yeah, that's and right. Getting cause... his head shoved into Sheetar's yeah, stomach Michael's... piece. Michael's shot, and Georgie keeps screaming, You killed my friend. You killed my friend. Like, you mean your brother? He's your brother. I mean, he might be your friend, too, but wouldn't you say brother instead of friend? You know, they feed Georgie to Sheetar, and I guess she didn't really need a virgin. Or maybe well, but, he is. Well, he's always hooking up at gay bars. Right, maybe that doesn't count. <laughs> Sheetar defines virginity differently. That's right. You think that, okay, they killed a Sheetar blew up or whatever. And you get that ending sequence where Sheetar's just walking around. Right. Literally, a guy pulls up and is like, yo, baby, how much you charge? Get in my car. Then she does. What's your name? Sheetar. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. He, his line, I wrote it down because it's such a tasteless, shitty line. He's like, so right before I stick my big sausage in your throat, what's your name? Sheetar. <laughs> And he looks plenty satisfied by this. And, drives off. and I'm like, hey, this is how Green Inferno ended. No, right. no, Sheetar drives off, I think. Well, it always looked like Sheetar ate him and just took the car. But I guess he just like, oh, you're a woman with big teeth. Let's go. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, he's just into it. I'm like, all right, cool. Have fun with, with Sheetar, I guess. <laughs> this movie is just insane. See, this is the movie that needs a sequel. Yes. The Further Adventures of Sheetar. That's right. Sheetar Takes Vegas. <laughs> Sheetar and the Big Apple. It's a crossover and it's with Showgirls 2. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wait, no, there actually was a Showgirls 2. Was there? There was. Oh, boy. Um, It was awful and crap and not at all worth ever watching. I mean, Elizabeth Berkley didn't even come back for it. <laughs> you know, it's bad when. It's like, yeah, Showgirls was was fine, but Showgirls 2 beneath me. You know, I was in that very special episode of Saved by the Bell, thank you. About Where I was about, addicted to speed. About using amphetamines to diet pills as, as stimulants. And she's like, I'm so excited! I'm so excited! That show is awful, by the way. I'm sorry. I, th- I liked it when I was a kid in the 90s, but I watched it again a few years ago. I'm like, wow, this is terrible. There's a series, a video series, it's probably not around, it's been years since I saw it, called Zach Morris is Trash. <laughs> 
Um, I think it was a Funny or Die series. Yeah, it was Funny or Die. But it's basically they go through Saved by the Bell episodes and point out that Zach Morris is trash. In every episode, he's just this horrible piece of shit person. Well, he's he's basically Ferris Bueller. Yeah, he is. Only worse. Well, it's it, it's Ferris Bueller with a with a longer rap sheet because we really only see Ferris Bueller's antics for one movie. Yeah, well, just one day. A day off, if you will. Yes, one might say. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, um, but yeah, we get to see Zach Morris through all of high school and just being an absolute piece of garbage. Can you imagine how much of a piece of garbage Ferris Bueller would be if we watched, like, his entire high school life? Well, you know, see, he grew up to actually teach high school government and lost his job for election. Oh. That that's supposed to be Ferris Bueller grown up. <laughs> so Blood Diner is one that I, um... I actually had on VHS by having the two VCRs. Ah, yes. Because I found it at the the Family Video. Ah, uh, Family Video. God, I think everything that we watched I've seen from a Family Video, which was actually just called Home Video. <laughs> I can't it's remember. The we had a few the store. here that I went to. Well, there was one called Home Video that is last time I was out in California it had been turned into a, a baby store. Yeah. And there was another one called Jungle Video, but I didn't go into that neighborhood last time I was visiting because it's just in nowhere, Garden Grove. <laughs> okay, I think one of the places I went to was called Sidio Video. And now that's a name. And I can't remember the other ones. I did have a warehouse I went to occasionally, but I couldn't get anything too too fun there. I always like to rent uh, old wrestling tapes, like from previous WrestleManias and stuff. Ah, yeah, I forgot when they used to do that. I was a big wrestling fan in the 90s. So. I was for the whole of 1999, that one year. One year, yeah. I watched <laughs> yeah. wrestling from, like, I want to say, I was super in from, like, 91 to, like, 96. And then my brother and I watched, again, like, the early 2000s with when, like, The Rock was coming up. And that was about it. I had a friend for a while that would take me out to all the wrestling events. But we would always go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and this, so that's why I went. I didn't give a damn about the wrestling. I was just like, these wings are so good. <laughs> I'll suffer through the wrestling for these wings. <laughs> I just kept buying wings the whole night. <laughs> Not sponsored. But Buffalo Wild Wings, if you want to sponsor us. Yes, please. Buffalo Wild Wings, sponsor us. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody from the media team from Buffalo Wild Wings is listening to this, <laughs> you are more than willing. To, to pimp your wares, because Buffalo Wild Wings is pretty delicious. And as you know, we have ad space now. It's true. We do. We do. We will be happy to have Charlie McMullen narrate your commercial. We'll be happy to, to, to talk about how we can, you can send your orders to Canada's Mexico. Um, next week, we are doing Sleepaway Camp, which I discussed briefly on the last episode. So we will catch you then. <laughs> The Jowski raid episode, rage episode. Yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and get the that one out. This is Kevin sits back and lets Alexis just tear and tear into this one. <laughs> well, yeah. After that, we're doing Phantom Menace then. Ah, <laughs> oh, see that'll no, be my no, rage not. episode. Actually, after that, um, there's a Friday the Thirteenth that weekend, so we're gonna be doing Friday the Thirteenth. And then Friday the 13th, part two, is a bonus. I mean, Friday the 13th is actually a good movie. Yes. Unlike Sleepaway Camp. Unlike Sleepaway Camp. 
we will talk about sleepaway camp next next week. week that'll be that'll be our um our mitzvah next week yep so this was the delightful movie blood feast uh blood diner blood diner blood. yes watch blood diner probably avoid blood feast though maybe watch blood feast just for the references blood, blood diner is actually a funny movie and worth watching it's free on roku channel yep. that's where we watched it you can watch um, some, some some less than stellar ads that go along with it. Well, they're the same ads you get on Tubi. They're just generic ads. Our ads are better. That's true. Our ads are crafted with love. Yes. Um, now, big thanks to Charlie McMullen and William Wright for recording the advertisements. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review to let others know and help get the word out. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Exploit or on Instagram at Exploit It Podcast or contact us at Exploit Exploit It Podcast at gmail.com. Alright, till next time. <laughs>